we have to remember that when we are creating photographs, when we are creating artwork, that no one sees it like you. Everybody's going to interpret it differently. The way you intend that message to be received isn't always the way that it is received. Allowing, I suppose, the viewer to create their own story, which is fascinating because as a judge myself, when I see a photograph, I don't have to love it to give it a good score. It's just got to challenge me and make me feel something. And I think that's the key is evoking that emotion in others. Welcome to the We Are Photographers podcast from Creative Live. I'm your host, Kenna Klosterman, bringing you true stories from behind the lens and behind the lives of your favorite photographers, filmmakers, and creative industry game changers. From their struggles to their wins, we get the real human stories about why they do what they do. I believe there is something to learn from everyone's story. If you're ready to join us in the hustle, listen, get inspired, and discover why in the end, the creative journey is all worth it. Kelly Brown is an award-winning newborn and portrait photographer based in Brisbane, Australia. She is an international educator, speaker, author, print competition judge, and serial entrepreneur. Her brands include Little Pieces Photography, The Baby Summit, Newborn Posing, Rise International Photography Awards, and Spine Street Studios. In this episode, Kelly opens up about who she is as an artist, a daughter, a mom, and a business owner. We talk about her childhood imagination, the importance of family and home, and her creative process when collaborating with the subject of her very personal storytelling portraits. We also find out what makes her feel most alive. This is We Are Photographers with Kelly Brown, and this is her story. I've managed for the past 10 years to not talk about myself, so to sit here and be asked about me, it's kind of it's kind of weird because, you know, um, I said, yeah, everything that you mentioned is is me and, yeah, I think the why behind it is, is very personal, so to share it's a little nerve-wracking but exciting at the same time. <laughs> well, that's actually when I was thinking about what I wanted to have a conversation about and I realised that you don't talk publicly a lot about yourself. And do you think that's a cultural thing as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, in Australia, we just get down to business and we don't tend to make a fuss or make a fuss out of other people and, you know, just really focus on what it is we're doing. So, yeah, and and maybe it was the way that I was raised. I've got really hardworking parents who don't make a big deal out of everything, just get down, get the job done, and yeah, you'll be rewarded. So yeah, it comes down to that. As as you know, m- most people around the world know you for your newborn portrait photography, babies, families, but you also have this incredible fine art, portraiture, and composites that you're doing more of that win a ton of awards, shows that you have an incredible imagination. So what was your imagination like as a child? Yeah, um, when when you say that, I, I'm sort of instantly taken back to a time where I had to wait for my dad to finish work. And he would always, you know, sit me up um, at a desk with paper and pens and, and tell me to draw something. And I would draw these terrible pictures 
<laughs> not known for my drawing skills. Um, and he would laminate them and they became our placemats on the, on the table. So, you know, I think I was allowed, I suppose, to sort of dream and have that imagination. And I was always told, you know, that I have a very vivid imagination. But, yeah, I think... A lot of what I create in my photographs comes back to people existing in photographs and having their story told. And I think it's really important to share that story because if you don't, that time is gone and you don't get it back. And for me, the power of those photographs and how important they are to me as a person for my own family is is probably where all of that comes from. But yeah, it's removing those barriers, I suppose, that you have in your mind and allowing you to think outside the norm to come up with something to to create and I use people for that inspiration. What's the springboard? What's the spark if you're using a person for that imagination? Oh yeah it started with my own kids uh, because every time I picked up a camera and you know was trying to take a photo of them as they got older it was like not again mum not again and they were resisting you know me photographing them just kind of thought well how can I get them get them involved how can I get them more excited about being in front of the camera so I asked them you know how would they like to be photographed let's come up with an idea or concept you know what is it that you you know you love at the moment and they would start to tell me exactly how they wanted to be photographed and they part they became part of that process so for example like I have a photograph of my daughter Mackenzie and it's inspired by Maleficent the movie and she was fascinated with this movie and has watched it a ton of times so we created a portrait of her and I think it's got like 10 different images that have come from um, a trip we did around the world we did eight countries in eight weeks so we took a little bit of something from each major um, sort of country that we went to and we compiled it into this photograph to make it for her. So it has all these meaningful elements to her, no one else, if that makes sense, because when I create a portrait, it's not for other people, it's for the person that's in it to tell their story or to take them back to a place that they loved, they remembered. Yeah, and when you're telling someone's story and you're making something meaningful for them, um, you also want to evoke emotion in the person that's that's you know viewing the image that's looking at it and what I love is the different stories they come up with and then I get inspired by hearing their interpretation of that photograph because then it makes me think well I did it under these sort of you know elements and then when they start seeing and reading into it other elements it's like wow everybody's going to see something different and I think that's the most important thing that we can remember as artists is that no one sees it like you and we have to remember that when we are creating photographs when we are creating artwork that everybody's going to interpret it differently and it's like when you write something down when you write a letter when you write an email when you post something on social media the way you intend that message to be received isn't always the way that it is received because everybody's interpretation is different so it's the same with visual um, connection and and allowing, I suppose, the viewer to create their own story, which is fascinating because, for example, when I enter competitions and you hear the judges' feedback and comments, they're picking up something that I didn't always intend for them to pick up, but they're interpreting, interpreting it another way. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good, but... As a judge myself, when I see a photograph, I don't have to love it to give it a good score. 
it's just got to challenge me and make me feel something. And I think that's the key is evoking that emotion in others. I actually want to go back to the placemats that you were talking about. (laughs) Do you, A, still have them, or B, can you describe what one of them was? Yeah, it's funny. I used to draw a lot of birds. I used to draw houses. And no, I don't have them. (laughs) I wish I did. Uh, And I'm not even sure if my dad still has them. But, you know, like I didn't have the easiest upbringing. Um, Both of my parents are married for the third time. And I was the only child to my dad until I was 21. And then he remarried and and had another, another child. So we moved a lot. I think a couple of years ago we counted and people don't believe me, but I've lived in over 65 houses in my lifetime. (laughs) 65. I went to eight schools. Um, You know, there were times when we didn't have a car. There were times when, you know, um, we had to, if we moved, we had to get furniture from the Salvation Army and things like that. So it was tough. Like both of my parents and I've gone back and forth between both of their homes um, since I was 11 uh, you know, they, they fought hard and they had to work multiple jobs just to put food on the table, things like that. So, you know, when I look back at, you know, my dad sitting me up at a bench to draw to keep me occupied while he finished work, like there was no nannies back there, there was no childcare, there was no after school care. And that's how he kept me occupied. So he didn't get fired, I suppose. <laughs> and when it was just me living with him, um, it was just the two of us. So like he didn't have help from anyone. And um, that was where all of that came from. But I suppose it was those situations that I was put in that, you know, if I didn't have an imagination and I didn't see the positive in some of those situations, then, you know, my life could have turned out very differently. With all of those childhood experiences, what does home mean to you? Oh, it's huge. Like the house that we live in at the moment, we built it ourselves and it's the longest I've ever been anywhere. It is my home, but home is where the heart is. And I always feel at home when I'm either, you know, with my family and it doesn't matter where I am because we always had such a a huge... Um, you know, there was always so much importance around family, um, especially on my mum's side. My mum's family is very close. Um, my grandparents were, you know, key to that and played a huge role in my life growing up. But my dad was the youngest of seven and all of his family was in the UK. I think I met them for the first time five years ago. So it was a lifetime of not knowing, you know, that side of my family, the history behind that. So I'm fascinated with that history. But growing up and getting to know his family, he told a lot of stories. My dad is an unbelievable storyteller. <laughs> and, um, and sometimes not true, but, you know, you know, you don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, apparently, he says. But um, he always had a tin of photographs. And that's how I got to know my family, these tin of photographs. So my imagination and getting to know these people was often you know just sitting there and looking at these photographs and telling my own stories of who my family was and getting to know them on that side of the world so that was interesting growing up um, and then meeting them for the first time and it's funny because I instantly had a connection with them. Can you describe that moment of meeting them for the first time? What was that like? Um, I was very nervous, very, very nervous. But he was the youngest of seven. And 
I mean, my dad's 70 now, so his older sisters, um, they're quite old. And one of them had dementia and she thought I was my mother. <laughs> but it was, it was exciting and it was just incredible to walk around the streets where he grew up and, and see, you know, real buildings, real houses. And, and he, he used to tell stories so vividly that when I walked down those streets, I, you know, could hear him and, um, and visualize what the story was. So that was pretty incredible. But I did meet my grandmother. She came to Australia when I was 12. So I met her then and it was interesting, but she had passed away before I went back five years ago. So I did have the opportunity to meet her. You know, his father died before he was born in the war. So, you know, all of those stories were quite fascinating. But they grew up, you know, in the 40s, very, very hardworking family. And with no husband, my grandmother raised seven children on her own, working multiple jobs. And yeah, it was tough. Like, and I think that's going back to the very, very first statement, like that's just what we do. We get down and, and we work. And sometimes it's for the love of it. Sometimes it's th- it's a necessity. It's It's been interesting. <laughs> you do. You work so hard. Sometimes I'm just like blown away by the different projects and, and businesses and companies and things that you go after. What drives your ability to just try all these things that may or may not work out? It's a question I've wondered about myself because you don't often tend to stop and think about that as a person. And when I do sit down and think about it, it it is often that fear of success. It's like, well, what does success mean to me? And, you know, success means something different to every single person. And I think a lot of it is fueled by being told that, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that or, you know, I think growing up, go to go to school, get good grades, get a good job, work hard. And it was never about do what you love, go out and enjoy wor- the world, you know. Whereas I think it's really changing generationally now with my children, for example. I talk to them. I've got two daughters with dyslexia and, you know, one is a lot worse than the other. And now it's like, do you know what? It's okay to be different. It's okay to not get good grades. It's okay to not be the smartest. Life's not about that. It's about, you know, achieving goals. It's about having fun. It's about enjoying every moment because you get one life. And I think, you know, for me growing up and um, not knowing, you know, one side of my family and then obviously them passing away before that and then, you know, having some of my own family, you know, members in Australia close to me pass away, it's like, well... I don't want to die with regrets and that was probably the hardest thing for me when my grandfather died is that I knew what he wanted to achieve in his life and he never had the option to do it. What did he want to achieve? Oh he wanted to travel the world he was just fascinated with how things worked and and when he saw me travel starting to travel the world and he got to see it through my eyes like that was you know that was huge for him but I don't want to stop out of fear of something not working but then again at the same time you are always fearful of that success so I set a very high bar for myself in terms of you know what does success mean for me personally because like I said before it's different for everyone and you just have to push through barriers you know block out what's going on outside of your world and I did spend a long time worried about what other people thought 
I grew up um, with a mother that used to say to me every time she saw the way I was dressed or the way my hair was done, and she'd be like, what would people think? And it was very focused around having that perception that everything was perfect when it wasn't. And I started to embrace the imperfect (laughs) and be, you know what, it's okay if I don't succeed at this or if I don't reach that goal or if I make a mistake, if I fall, it's okay. It's no one else's business but mine. And it took a long time to realize that. And when I did, that's when I started to focus on what I wanted to achieve and not what others thought of that. So I suppose I dropped that fear of failure, but I then picked up that fear of success <laughs> at the same time. And I don't know, it's, it's never ending. What do you think would happen if you did stop? I'd get bored, so bored. <laughs> I don't know. But it's really important for me too to raise my children so that they see that if you want something, you've got to work hard to get it. Nothing's going to be handed to you on a silver platter. And... Nothing was given to me. Everything that I've achieved, you know, has come through hard work, setting goals and going out and doing it. And when I look at things like that that I've done, it's I don't focus on those things. But when I do look back when they're brought up in situations like this, it's like, well, I have had some incredible opportunities and some luck, but I had to go and find those opportunities and deliver what was required to achieve those results. What has been one of the hardest life lessons to learn? That it's okay to make mistakes. We all make them. Don't be ashamed of them. Embrace them. Learn from them. Because if you're not learning, you're not growing. You're not evolving. And, I mean, I used to be the worst with change. When even like a new update on my computer or phone, I'd be like, no, (laughs) don't change anything. I've just got used to how it works now. So... Just embrace every moment and when people ask you questions like, you know, what's been your biggest challenge or, you know, what have you learned from the most? It's every day you're learning from something and mistakes are made on such a regular basis when you're in business for yourself. So, yeah, it's don't be scared of of actually taking a step backwards because that's how you take two steps forward. What is something that you do want out of life that you haven't done yet? That's a hard question. <laughs> um, there, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things, I suppose. Um, it's interesting. Every day is a new day, and you, I've, you know, I take each day as it comes. Nothing really comes to mind at the moment. Like, I love traveling. I love being at home with my family as well. You're, I think just, you're doing it. I'm just doing it. What makes you feel most alive creatively? At the moment, I'm really focused on single captures. So to tell someone's story, I have to go through that process of, you know, creating a set and finding all of the right elements and bringing those together to be able to take that shot to tell someone's story. And at the moment, what I love is creating images that look like composites that are captured in camera and that process of achieving it. So when you're bringing all of those different things together to bring that vision to life and then it works, my God, it's like you want to jump up and down. Like it's hard to explain. But yeah, at the moment, that's a challenge that I'm setting for myself. 
you go back to the film days, whilst they used to combine multiple photographs to create composites back then, now with digital photography, it's so easy to create multiple image composites. But I want to challenge myself further to capture it in camera, which is pretty cool to sort of create illusion and tell a story. What makes your heart full outside of that? Mm, My kids, my family. It's, yeah, being at home, listening to them laugh. It's... You know, seeing them achieve different things, watching them grow and their personalities change, it's its pretty incredible. It's probably the most rewarding thing ever. So we've talked a lot about struggles, and I want to talk a little bit about victories. <laughs> so what is one of your proudest moments outside of photography? Um, I think the day that we purchased our shed. <laughs> Um, I call it a shed because in Australia, you know, a shed is a shed, um, a little larger than I think sheds you call here. But we purchased this building so that I could take my business away from my home because we ran it in the home for seven years um, with clients coming and going most days. And that was tough on my family, you know, but they were living it with me and seeing how hard it is to run a business and that process of it. So to be able to actually go out and purchase it and be able to financially do that, that's probably our biggest achievement. It's now, I think, been about 18 months and I still get that buzz when I walk through the front door. Like I still walk through and go, this is mine. And every time a client comes in and they're they're like, this is amazing, you know, it makes me look around and go, yeah, this is pretty amazing. Like to consider that 20 years ago when I was 19 or maybe 22 years ago um, and I moved to Brisbane where I live with a backpack and $14 to my name. Um, when I look around at what I've got, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, no words can really describe it. What would you say to 19-year-old Kelly Brown with a backpack and $14 in her pocket? Yeah, do what you did. Go party because if I'd changed anything, I wouldn't be where I am right now and I wouldn't have learnt the lessons that I've learnt. And, yeah, have fun. And I did. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kelly. I want to thank you for being open and sharing a little bit more about yourself. Where can people follow you and all these things that you're doing? Um, I actually have a brand new website. It's kellybrown.com.au. And from there, you can find everything else um, that I've, I'm currently working on, <laughs> including the Baby Summit, uh, the Rise Awards, my little pieces business, and everything else that we're kind of working on right now, which is really exciting. What is your main focus? At the moment, education. I'm really focused on helping other people achieve you know, those goals and making education available to people and sharing your knowledge because, you know, life is changing rapidly at the moment with everything on social media, everything on the internet and how it's all evolving. And I think that as we move forward, you know, it's such a digital world now, making content and information, you know, readily available to people because life's busy and you don't have the time or the money sometimes to go to things in person so realizing that everything's online and like here at creative life how incredibly accessible all this content is to people to be able to better themselves and find their purpose and their why that gives me so much joy seeing people succeed 
um, I've had incredible success and it's really amazing to see other people follow their dreams and achieve some really cool goals. Well, it's beautiful, the work that you do. Thank you so much on behalf of creatives all over the world um, for, for putting that education out there and for just being who you are. So thank you very much, Kelly. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Kenna. I'm Kenna Klosterman, and you've been listening to the We Are Photographers podcast from Creative Live. At Creative Live, we believe there's a creator and a photographer in all of us. And yes, that means you. If you're looking to get fresh perspectives, inspiration, or skills to boost your hobbies, business, or life, we've got a class or two or thousands for you. Be sure to check out all of Kelly Brown's classes. Just head over to creativelive.com or download our iPhone app. There are classes taught by world-class educators playing for free 24-7. If you haven't already, subscribe, like, and leave a review for the We Are Photographers podcast and tell your friends. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for another episode of We Are Photographers. Thank you.